Praise the Lord. I want to appreciate God for this opportunity to reach you at your home today. Uh, we may be apart physically, but in spirit we are together. Thank God for being alive and for the gift of life. And uh, thank God for this opportunity uh, to share together the word of God, the word of life with you today. Uh, I will be looking at the book of Hebrews chapter number 9, 10, and 11. As you already are aware, we have been on this series, Hope and Faith. Last week, Pastor Graham spoke extensively on this same topic, and some other preachers before him have spoken so well enough on this uh, topic, Hope and Faith. Well, before we look at hope and faith specifically, I want to give us a clear understanding um, of the book of Hebrew, chapter number 9, chapter number 10, and 11. First, chapter number 9, I want to read a few verses from there. Uh, in verse number 1, the Bible says, Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In his first room were the lampstand and the table with his consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Then behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, otherwise holy of holies, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. This ark golden this ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that uh, the boarded, and the sun tablets of the covenant. Remember the Ten Commandments? Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. This is a description of the worship in the earthly tabernacle. You have the holy place, you have the holy of holies. The Holy of Holies is a place where the priest, the high priest, can access or go into all alone. He cannot go there without first making the sacrifice for himself before he makes the sacrifice on behalf of the people. And so the prince, the high priest, is the only person that is authorized to go into the Holy of Holies. And the verse number seven, he continues, he says that only the high priest entered the inner room, which is the Holy of Holies, and that only once a year, only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins that people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. It means that the law as described here and what the people were asked to do was a schoolmaster. It was a shadow of things to come. And so we were expecting something better. And the verse number 13 of that same chapter, chapter 9, he says, but when Christ came as high prince of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. 
in verse 12, he says, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by, by that he entered the most holy place once for all, by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Eternal redemption for you and I. Jesus Christ didn't have to go into the Holy of Holies every other year like the high prince used to do. He entered by sacrificing himself, his own blood, letting on his blood at Calvary for the redemption of mankind. And he gave us eternal redemption. Now, a couple of more things on that verse, chapter number nine. In verse number 15, he says, For this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise the promised eternal inheritance. Praise the Lord. This is a wonderful news. This is something good to know. Jesus Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. And as far as Jesus Christ has sacrificed himself at Calvary, we have eternal inheritance in Christ Jesus Hallelujah. Now, let's quickly move to uh, chapter number 10 and see what is there. Christ sacrificed once for all. In verse number 1 of chapter number 10, it says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the reality itself. This is very important. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming not the realities themselves. And that is verse number one of chapter number 10. And verse number four says, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. The high priest, when he enters into the holies of holies those days, he has to sacrifice bulls and goats to atone for the sins of the people. So that God can be pleased. So that God's anger will not come upon the people. So that God can forgive the sins of the people. But this was done through the offering of bulls and goats and calves. To wipe away or to take away the sins of the people. Now in verse number 5, it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared me, a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. All the sacrifice that the high priests were making, God wasn't pleased with it. God was not impressed with it. But they did it anyway. And so when Christ came, he declared that a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. But I'm going to offer myself, which is pleasing and acceptable unto you. And verse number nine, then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second. The first tabernacle, the first covenant was not good enough, was not perfect. 
And so the coming of Jesus Christ set aside the very first covenant and established the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Here I am. I have come to do the will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Verse number 14 further says, For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies of us by this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will put and I will write them on their minds. Then he acts their saints and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, where these saints have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Now, let's quickly move over to um, chapter number 11, and there we're going to look at faith in action. In verse number 1 of chapter 11, the Bible says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, or rather faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what, what was visible. I wanted to understand here that your faith can bring to pass what is not. Your faith can make impossibility possible. There could be healing out there that your faith can bring to pass to your body. You may be sick right now. You can lay your hands on your body and command, I am healed in the name of Jesus, and your faith can make you whole. In verse number 4 of chapter 11, the Bible says, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. This is very, very important as a believer. You are first a Christian by faith. You exercise your faith in believing God that he exists, even though you haven't seen him. You believe that he exists. You believe that God is somewhere. It is your faith that brought you salvation. And the Bible is saying to us here, without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you want to live a pleasing life, 
in the sight of God. You must have faith in him. You must believe in him. And the verse number eight, it says, By faith Abraham, when he when called to go to a place where he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were hers with him of the same promise. When God speaks to us about things he wants to do, he demands faith from us to believe and to obey. We need to believe God by faith. We need to obey God by faith. If we can believe the doctors, why can't we believe God? If we can believe what we read in books and, 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 and in the news media, or what we hear in the news media, why can't we believe God? God expects us to, to believe him, to have great faith in him. By faith, Abraham, when God texted him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is true, Isaac, that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. God said to Abraham, Go sacrifice your one and only son you had at that time. Sacrifice him. And Abraham never adapted God. Abraham even believed that if he had to sacrifice Isaac, God has the power and the ability to bring him back to life. And that is true. God can bring a life to the dead. If your body and the part of your body is dead, God can bring life to it again by faith. By faith, Isaac bless Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. You can bless your offspring by faith. Your children, your grandchildren, speak the word of life into them and believe that God is going to bring to pass whatever you have spoken over them. Faith makes a lot and huge difference in the life of a believer. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worship as he leaned on the top of his staff. Jacob continued. He blessed the sons of Joseph, yet by faith. Now, there is something more I quickly want us to look at here while we continue you know, talking about uh, faith and, and so on and so forth. This is very, very important. And remember, just in case uh, you are still wondering what faith is all about, faith is confidence or trust in God and his promises as made through Christ by which we are justified and saved. And the word hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be received or that events will turn out for the best. It is the hope of winning or succeeding. Hope is looking forward to what, hope is looking forward to with a desire and reasonable confidence. That's what hope is. Now, more about faith. Faith can manifest in many ways. 
but one of its most powerful elements are optimism and confidence in God. Faith makes you optimistic. Faith makes you have great confidence in your God. And hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of darkness, according to Dexmont Tutu. It says hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of darkness. We are in the world today. The world is full of darkness, different things, terrible things happening. Hope is the belief that beyond all this darkness, beyond all these sufferings and failure, lies a beautiful light that is that awaits us and that can make our faith journey worth it as we have heaven in view, as we journey towards the kingdom. Hope brings light into our darkness. Hope brings light into our suffering. Hope brings light into our failures. And give us this beautiful light that awaits us, that makes our faith journey really worth it. We don't need to be deterred. We don't need to be worried. We don't need to be to give up. Faith is to believe what you do not see, like we saw before. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe, according to St. Augustine. And according to the Bible, it's a faith is confident in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And that is Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Many of the extraordinary things that people achieve in history can only be obtained by the power of faith. Like Abraham, what happened to Enoch, even Abel, we could see that faith played a prominent role in all those achievements. Faith shows us things that do not exist and guide us in creating them, even those things that do not exist. Faith guides us in creating them. It is the belief that we can be more and that we can achieve much more. Faith, it makes us believe that we can be more and achieve more, more, much more. But that faith has to be in God. Faith makes all things possible. For the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the Bible also declares, all things are possible to him that believe it. If you believe anything, is possible to you. Love makes all things easy and hope makes all things beautiful. Dwight Moody declared some time ago. And I want us to understand that we can picture the future in our minds. We are always using hope to determine his image. Hope gives us depth, depth and color to our future, making us feel optimistic about all the amazing things that might be hidden in our path of success. Hope and faith, they work together. And once you choose hope, anything is possible by faith. Nothing is impossible for someone who feels hope for the future. The impossible turns into possible.
The unreal turns into reality. Hope sees potential in everything and drives us towards progress and success. Without it, we would stagnate in the place of conformity. And lastly, I want to declare to you, people of God, that without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who endlessly seek him. Are you seeking God today? Where is your faith? God deal with you according to the measure of your faith. You don't have to have big faith. The Bible says if your faith is as little as a grain of mustard seed, you can move mountains. You can turn things around in your life and in the life of your, of your family. Faith is all that is needed to excel in our Christian work with God. We need to be hopeful as well because we are seeing light even in the darkness. And don't forget, every crack in life gives an opportunity for light to shine through. But that there are cracks in your life does not mean it's over. It only shows you that there is always light at the other side. Faith brings us closer to God. When you pray, you need faith to believe that God has answered. When you study the word of God, you need faith to believe that what God has said concerning you will surely come to pass in your life. And so people of God, I want to encourage you. Stir up your faith. Stir up your faith. Feed your faith. And starve your doubt. May God bless you and keep you. May he strengthen you and help you to go through this very world of darkness. These challenging times that we have found ourselves in the world today. Your faith can see you through. God bless you. Amen.